0: It's time now for Super Psychologist, Dr. Mara Karpel and your Golden Years.
1: Good
2: evening and welcome to Dr. Mara Karpel and your Golden Years this Sunday. This evening and every Sunday at 5 p.m. Central Time, that's 6 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on blogtalkradio.com and on dr. and also now on Apple Podcasts. And today is Sunday, April the 12th, and it's Easter and it's Passover, so happy holidays to all who are celebrating. And we are back live from isolation in beautiful Austin, Texas, and I hope you're all staying safe wherever you are. And Art Mendoza, the Composent Entertainment, producer of this program, is here as usual to make the show run smoothly. And we have another great program in store for you this evening. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined from California by Robert McPhee, speaker, host of the podcast. Excellent Decisions Wisdom Series, creator of the Excellent Decisions Leadership Program, and author of the new book, Manifesting for Non-Gurus. And then later in the program, we'll be joined by jazz saxophonist Paula Atherton in New York City, and she'll be talking about her number one song on Billboard, and we'll be catching up on what she's up to now that we're all sheltering in place And along the way, I'll discuss a little bit more about living the passionate life during a pandemic. So throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions for my guests, please feel free to give a call. The toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me and I will read them on the air to my guests. The, um, the email address is Dr. Mara. That's a D-R-M-A-R-A at Dr. Maracarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L And you can hear this evening's program again by going to my website, and the link to the podcast will be posted later tonight, along with all of the website links given by my guests on the program and you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to blog talk radio that's b-l-o-g talk com slash your golden years and again you can go to apple Podcasts, and the link to my um, my show on apple Podcasts is on my website if you go to the uh, post about this show. And for information from previous shows and um, in, and to listen to previous programs, read my blogs, find out about my book, all of that, go to my website, drmarakarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com. And you can also hear all of the programs we have done here on Blog Talk Radio for the past six years by going to blogtalkradio.com slash years, And also, all of these shows are on Apple Podcasts. And for future shows, to find out what's coming up next, to find out when, um, uh, blog posts, or any other event, events that are coming up, follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Karpel, Your Golden Years. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City, practicing here in Austin, and, in, and I work with adults of all ages, and I have a specialty of working with seniors and caregivers, and for the past few years, been evaluating veterans. And if you want to contact me with any questions or comments or something that you feel that I need to know about feel free to send me an email to Dr. Mara, D-R-M-A-R-A, at D R M A R A K A R P E L dot lcom or go through my website and click on Contact. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by Dr. Ronald Devere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512-261-7909 or send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E, at austin.rr.com and his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by StoryHouse. StoryHouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have StoryHouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. StoryHouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-8752. Okay, we're going to take a brief break. We're going to play a couple of our sponsors' commercials, but don't go anywhere. It's going to be very brief. And when we come back, we'll be joined right here by Robert McSee, speaker, host of the podcast Excellent Decisions Wisdom Series, creator of the Excellent Decisions Leadership Program and author of the new book, Manifesting for Non-Gurus. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
0: Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors.
2: We're back. And if you're just joining us, this is Dr. Merrick Carpell and Your Golden Years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmerrickharpell.com. And now joining us on the phone from California, we have Robert McSee, speaker, host of the podcast Excellent Decisions Wisdom Series, creator of the Excellent Decisions Leadership Program, and author of the new book, Manifesting for Non-Gurus. Welcome, Robert. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. I just want to let you know there's a slight delay when we speak like this, just to keep that in mind. <laughs> so, how are you? How's everything going in California?
4: Oh uh, Well, it's all going okay. We're kind of, you know, hunkered down like everyone else, I guess, and uh, yeah. my wife of 30 years and I are getting to know each other even better. Who thought that was possible?
1: <laughs>
2: Well, that's good, right? Absolutely. Okay. So I'm very glad to have you here. I I received your book and the journal that goes with it uh, a couple of days ago, and I've had a chance to look through it. It looks really great, and I can't wait to get started on it now that I have all this time um, (laughs) to start working on manifesting. Um, So... Why don't we start just by going back a little bit and and giving our listeners a little bit of information about your background.
4: Well, I have a a pretty unrelated story to the the work that I do now that actually ended up getting me into the work I do now. A friend of mine and I, when we first graduated, graduated from college, started a valet parking company which doesn't seem to have any possible connection to the work that I do now (laughs) with coaching and consulting and personal and professional development. Uh, But the truth is we created a a really nice little entrepreneurial success. We literally took a a summer job and turned it into a very successful organization. And as it grew, we needed to create a a culture, a corporate culture, if you will. And um, nobody else really wanted to take the lead on doing that, so I ended up doing it. And, um, in the process of doing that, I realized that that kind of work was really on purpose for me. It just it energized me, it, it excited me. It made me feel like I was making a real difference, and it really felt like really finding my way. So over a period of time, I transitioned out of actually running the parking company and more and more into doing uh, the coaching and the training and the consulting side, not only for, for that organization for a period of time. But for other organizations as well. And I had the really uh, fortunate opportunity to get connected to Jack Canfield, who wrote the Chicken Soup for the Soul books.
1: Mm -hmm. And I worked Mm -hmm. closely
4: with Jack for quite a long time. I was the director of training for his organization. And he ended up being a huge mentor to me and and huge influence on the work that I do. And um, that was another really big kind of turning point, if you will, that led me you mentioned I sent you a copy of my book. Well, the the content in that book really emerged directly out of the work that I was doing with Jack. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, so what is um, excellent decision?
4: So, excellent decisions is really the foundation of all the work that I do now. And the way that I define excellent decisions is decisions that are made based on vision and values and value, rather than stress and pressure. And, you know, right now, as we're mm-hmm. recording this, the, the stress and pressures has been amped up in a very big way. A lot of people feeling a lot of stress and pressure. And, sure. and it's really important to have that clarity of vision and values and value um, rather than letting all the stress and pressure be what's kind of running the show, if you will. hmm
2: hmm So any suggestions about how we might do that? <laughs>
1: um, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure. I, I how t- how much time do we have?
2: <laughs> <laughs> we have about twenty-five <sighs> minutes. Um, okay. Just you know, I think typically under normal circumstances, you know, stress and pressure tends to run the show anyway. And now, though everybody's kind of stuck at home, and some people are even without work that, as you said, is really amped up. So how can, how can yeah. we turn that around to be, um, you know, what you're talking about, be making decisions based on values and, um, you know, what really drives us?
1: Right.
4: Well, and I agree with what you said about for a lot of people, the stress and pressure is oftentimes what kind of runs the show. And it certainly tries to run the show all the time. You know, the the friends, the family, the media, the social media were bombarded with all of this stress and pressure nonstop, trying to tell us what we should do, what we need to do, what we have to do, what they want us to do. And what I've been telling my clients at this particular time is that it's a really good time. Well, actually, first of all, that it's a really difficult time to be looking at the vision component, because vision tends to be something that's anchored in a point in time in the future. And there's so much uncertainty in the future right now that people I'm finding are having a hard time kind of pinpointing, if you will, really identifying their vision. Like, where do I think I'm going to be in six months or in a year or a couple of years? I think right now, probably in my whole lifetime, it's harder to do that than it's ever been because of all the uncertainty. And so what I'm doing mostly is working with people in the other two areas, which is, the vision or or rather the values component and the value component. And I think those two are hugely critical right now because if we lose track of what's really important to us, when the world restarts, you know, we get back out there and things start getting back to whatever this new normal is going to be. If we don't have clarity about our values and what's really important to us, then it's going to be really easy. You know, The starting gun is going to go off and we're going to take off running. Are we going to be running in the direction that we most want to go? Are we going to be in alignment, at least headed in the direction of what's most important to us? And the value component about our own skills and talents and expertise and the value that we bring to the marketplace, to our community, to our relationships, it's a really good time to be remembering that. Because again, when the I call it the starting gun. That's kind of my metaphor right now. We're all kind of waiting in the starting block and the gun's going to go off and we're all going to be able to get back to work and, and re-engage with the people in our lives that we want to re-engage with. And it's going to be a really good time to have lots of clarity about what's really important to us and about what we bring, the value that we bring to, to the workplace, to the community, and, and again, to the relationships that we're in. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So I have a question, you know, since you're working with clients during this time and um, you really focus on these issues, are you finding that people are, that this is sort of forcing people to be clearer about what their, at least what their values are? Um, Or do you think it's sort of more difficult or is it just kind of the same as before?
4: Well, I don't, I'm I'm a firm believer in the fact that we can't really force people to do anything. And I do Mm -hmm. agree that it's probably more difficult right now with everything that's going on. Again, the stress and pressure being all ramped up. But what I see, this is one of the opportunities that's available. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of driven crazy by some of the people who are out there in the world right now talking about, you know, all the opportunities, and this is all going to be for the best. And, you know, it's all going to be just fine and and the truth is i think for some people it will be but i also think it's really important right now to remember that for a lot of people it's not going to be just fine that, that there's a lot of people right now who are really struggling you know while we're in this waiting period right. to be able to get back to some new normal there are people that after a matter of days much less weeks or months um, we're really struggling with, you know, how they're going to put food on the table and, and you know, losing jobs and, 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 and losing places to live and things like that. Um, so I, mm-hmm. I think it's a really important time to remember that as well. But it, and, and at the same time, it really is an opportunity to reconnect, again, to our values and to what's important. And I think those two things come together because I think for most people, when they really step back and look at what's really important to them, uh, the other people around us are part of that. I, I live in Sonoma, mm-hmm. California. And when we had the fires here uh, a couple of years ago, it was pretty remarkable to see the human spirit come out. You know, people are losing homes and, and most of the other people in the community were reaching out and helping in any way that they possibly could. I, I think that's, that's what's really important to us. When we really look at our values. Those kinds of things are what's really important to us.
2: Right. Right. Yeah, I, I, you know, personally, for me, I found that, you know, because I'm from New York, and my family and friends, a a lot of them are back in New York, the New York City area, which is being hit really hard. Um, My values have what's important to me has really been focused on health, that (laughs) if we don't have our health, we don't have anything else, really. So, you know, as long as everybody's safe and healthy, I've come to the conclusion, as long as everybody's safe and healthy, um, then then, every, then every, everything else is sort of secondary.
1: <laughs> yeah,
4: and, and I think your New York example is a really good one because people in places like that, I was just reading something today about where I am in California, you know, we got way ahead of this thing and, and did a pretty good job with it and, and had some, some advantages that uh, the people, the areas that have gotten hit harder really didn't have. Um, but in areas like New York, and it sounds like Florida is another one, and Detroit, and Louisiana, mm-hmm. anyway, there, there's these areas that have been hit really hard. Um, I would totally agree with you. It And again, it reminds us of our values, you know, is, you know, the opportunity to get back to work and earn an income and support our family and put money in the bank and those kinds of things which are important. They have value, but, but compared to making sure that everyone's safe and, and cared for when we really do the deeper values work, those things definitely come out higher. I mean, when I do my own values work, my children, I have three children. They always come out on top, you know, like go in and mm-hmm. reshuffle it all, you know, turn upside down, stand on my head, run outside, run inside. It doesn't matter. It's always going to be my kids that come out on the top right. of that values chart
2: right right it, it kind of helps to 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 do that do you i mean, you know would you agree it helps to do that because then you realize that you know the other things that we tend to complain about during normal life are not really that important
4: yeah i think that's right? what a lot of people are experiencing right now is the opportunity to take a look at the things that they thought before were important, but they're realizing now with a little bit more time to think about it while we're in this kind of waiting phase and with a true, like a historic time, uh, uh, not just a local catastrophe, but a global catastrophe that is literally impacting everyone. It does, I mean, if, if we're not reflecting on what's important to us now, I don't know what it would take to get us to reflect on what's important to us, and I, I think over the coming weeks and months, even more so, because what I'm seeing is you know with with the sickness and with the deaths that are happening, it's getting mm-hmm. closer and closer um, you know it's the the degrees of separation I think many of us now, if we don't know someone who has passed, we know someone who knows someone who's passed
1: and
2: right
4: and that gets that gets really close to home and again reminds us what's what's really important we live in a world where again those external stresses and pressures are telling us we need to go out we need to work harder we need to make more money we need to buy a nicer car we need to you know whatever and then mm-hmm. something like this happens It uh, it kind of reminds me i told you i've been married for 30 years and 30 years ago here in california was the big earthquake in the san francisco bay area mm, and my wife and i right. were living here and we had just been married and uh and there, there was a World Series baseball that was about to start, and it was the Oakland Athletics and the San Francisco Giants. And here in the Bay Area, we had all almost been brainwashed to think that this was the most important thing in the world. This baseball series was, was the most important right. thing in the world. I know for myself, that's what, that's what I was thinking. I had to get home from work so I could see the first game. And, you know, it was, it was the most important thing. And then in a matter of a minute, for this earthquake to happen and freeways and bridges are collapsing and people are dying Mm -hmm. in a, in a fraction of time, you suddenly realize, Oh my God, that's not, the baseball is not what's important. (laughs) I, I got, I got completely off, like off kilter, like off, um, off of what's really important to me. And, and those external, you know, all the media again uh, convinced me that what was most important was this baseball game. And the mm-hmm. earthquake jolted me, literally jolted me right out of that to remember, you know, was my family okay? And and you know, like you said, with New York, you know, people's health and well-being. You know, there were
2: people dying,
4: and mm-hmm. uh, suddenly, suddenly, baseball
2: is not important. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think that when people are in these really intense situations, it sort of clarifies. Um, the importance of of family and health, and you know, it it does bring us closer to our values. We don't like to have catastrophes, but it definitely um, clears up a lot of that that mud that we get pulled into. Um, yeah,
4: it at least creates at least creates an opportunity too. And and part of right. my work with excellent decisions is I see it as helping people when they either decide on their own to do this, which is kind of life in in the normal world, or what I'm experiencing right now is a lot of people are being called into that. And it's a new question for a lot of people, you know, what's really important to you? What are your values? What value do you bring? What's your vision? These are not questions that some people have ever heard before. And 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 what I'm finding now is that people are, are reaching out and asking for help with that uh, because they they get how important it is.
2: hmm. That's great. I mean, it's great that people are you know looking for that kind of guidance and are looking in that direction. Um, so so do you do individual you know coaching uh, or is it or is it only with companies or you know um, corporate settings?
4: Most of my work now is with organizations. Um, I still do some individual coaching. Uh, the truth is, in order to make as big a difference as possible with my work, um, I try to work with, with groups of people. I also, people ask me what I do, I, I'd like to be able to say I'm a facilitator rather than saying I'm a coach and a consultant, but most people don't really understand what that means, so I generally don't. Okay. But what I really like to do is work with groups of people because I see that they can learn from me and the experience that I've had, but they can also learn from each other in a well-facilitated environment. So most of the work I do is with organizations, um, mostly for-profit companies, but a little bit with, like, colleges and universities and nonprofits as well. Um, And I I tend to call it all leadership work because ultimately Mm – First of all, when people really get connected to their own vision and values and value and let that drive their decisions, um, I believe that establishes them as a leader, even if they don't have a title or a bunch of people following them. I believe that uh-huh. establishes them as a leader. And in this whole domain, it, it's really the leaders that, that can, can make sure the work gets implemented uh, I find it very frustrating when I go to work with an organization and leadership isn't fully on board with the work that we're proposing to do, because I just know it's not going to get fully implemented without that kind of buy-in from the, from the top leadership level. So leadership is a critical component of the work that I do.
2: Right. Okay. And, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about this book that you have, Manifesting for Non-Gurus. <laughs>
4: yeah and i'm glad i'm glad it made it to you in time and uh, you mentioned that it's a new book the truth is it's not a new book it came out in 2010 um i did retitle it recently and and i tell people it's still very much at the core of the work that i do it still uh has the same conversation about vision and values and and the importance of, of that and decision making and It helps people understand change and and why sometimes we resist change, even when we know it's something that would be good for us. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm very proud of the book. I get great reviews. But what what I tell people is I I had all of my branding around that book title for a number of years with Manifesting for Non-Gurus. And what I learned is it's a clever title and and was very well-intentioned because I believe we're all manifesting and I believe we don't need to go live in a cave and be a guru Uh, in order to do it. Uh, But what I learned is that Manifesting for Non-Gurus is a clever title but a terrible brand. And since I have begun (laughs) calling my work excellent decisions and focusing on the decision-making element and how the decisions that we make are the bridge between all of the inner work that we do on, you know, our vision and our goals and our habits and our thoughts, all that, you know, inner work that we can do the decisions that we make are the bridge before we start expressing all that work into the world with the actions that we take and the results and experiences that we create. So calling mm-hmm. it excellent decisions, same, really it's the same work in, in most ways. The work that I'm doing and the foundation of it is, is very much the same. But calling it excellent decisions has been a total game changer for me because um, there's something about excellent decisions that people go, ooh, I want to know more about that. And something about uh-huh. manifesting for non-gurus that people go, ooh, okay, well, good luck with that. I'm not sure I understand that. So, um, but I, like I said, I'm still very proud of the book. I get great feedback on the book. Uh, I even I even retitle it in some cases. I, I don't know. I think the book that I sent you probably had a either a sticker on the front cover or a sticker inside that you can just put right on the front cover to retitle it to excellent decisions. So.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see that, but I got, I understand what you're saying. So it's about making excellent decisions and c- creating value. It sounds like in, in, in whatever situation that you're in. Yes, absolutely.
4: And, and that third component, I mean, for years, I was talking about making decisions based on vision and values and mm-hmm. mostly actually coming out of, uh, kind of a, a redefining I was doing in my own business, I realized that the, the third component of being really clear about our value, and especially in the workplace with our professional goals and our financial goals, to be really clear about the value that we bring um, is so important for people who want to advance and grow in the, in the financial and business and career area. But it's also true in relationships and even in health that there has to be something that we're willing to give in return. You know, it's human nature to want to change and grow and and do things differently and, and be better. But there's always, you know, something that we need to be willing to give in return. And that's really the value component. And when we get really clear about how valuable each one of us really is, then we engage in those conversations about asking for what we want, whether it's, more money or to be treated better in a relationship or better health, whatever it is, we show up in those conversations differently if we know what we give in return. So that, that value mm-hmm.
2: component
4: is a really, really powerful one.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I, I was thinking as you were talking about, you know the situation that we're all in now and and finding our value and what and what's valuable to us i was thinking about that whole idea of taking this situation even though we don't want it to be this way and we wouldn't have chosen it to be this way um and i don't really believe it was it happened for a reason i i usually don't i don't go with that <laughs> that things happen for a reason. But I think that we can create a reason. We can create the value. And it sounds like what you're well, talking about in manifesting is doing that, creating a value.
4: Yes. And I'm I'm with you about the, you know, it's it's kind of a slippery, how do we know? You know, Napoleon Hill used to ask that question. People was, oh, this all happened for a reason. And I know what the reason was. Well, we, we really don't know. The truth is. We right. We can have our ideas, we can have, you know, our beliefs, whatever it is. But the truth is we really don't know. And um, it also, I think that whole conversation connects very closely to personal responsibility because, yes, there's this, this situation that, again, it's historic,
1: it's global,
4: it's huge. You know, we'll all remember where we were and what we were doing while this is all going on. Right. But we all have a choice, too. We all have a choice no matter where we are in this whole scenario, we all have a choice of how we're going to respond to it. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's this situation going on in the world, and, and that's a fact. That's, that's you know, unarguable. But the, the real choice we have is how are we going to respond? Are we going to be a victim? Are we going to be in fear? Are we going to, you know, Look for possibilities. Are we going to be a contributor and part of the solution? Are we going to look for ways to have things even be better on the other side of all of this? And and really, all of that is choices. And and I'm finding mm-hmm. that that's one of the most important things to remember right now is that we have a choice, uh, and and we have we have plenty of time to make it too. Because you know we're kind of locked at home right now. And, and it's sometimes with choices like that, we don't have a lot of time. We, you know, we're on the spot. There's, we're under pressure. We have to make a decision. And, and those are really good times to be clear about our vision and values. But right now, we have an opportunity to really craft our response. You know, how is my career going to be different once we start reengaging? How are my relationships mm-hmm. going to be different when we reengage? And we can really think about that and come up with a plan and again, I'm biased, I admit it, but I think, again, it's a really good time to get clear about what's really important to us and have that be what drives our response, what we're going to do, how we're going to respond, uh, rather than have the external stress and pressure on what someone or something else thinks we ought to do differently or even more the same.
2: Right, right. I agree with you. I agree. We can turn it into an opportunity to to do something even better um so if if listeners are interested in in finding out more about you and about your about excellent decisions and about your uh podcast and your book how can they do that uh, well, I
4: got really lucky at that point where I was transitioning from my branding around the book to my branding around Excellent Decisions. ExcellentDecisions.com was available, so I got super lucky. I was very surprised. Uh, I, yeah. I grabbed it right away, <laughs> and uh, and that's really the best way to get a hold of me. You can find my, my phone number. My email is all available through the website and gives you a little glimpse of kind of what we're up to, and uh, there's a couple of free re- resources there that people can tap into. So excellentdecisions.com is the best way to uh, to connect great. with me.
2: Great. And I will post that on the website post about this show. So if people uh, look later, they can just click on it and it will take them to your website. Um, you, Robert, for, for being on the program this evening, it was really great speaking with you. I think this is the perfect time for this discussion. Um, kind of puts us in a positive frame of mind (laughs) and um and i look forward to connecting connecting with you again in the future
4: thank you so much i'm so glad we connected and had the opportunity to do this
2: yes yes and and you have a good afternoon Um, all right thank you so much all right okay bye-bye now All right. We're going to take a quick break and we have more to come. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
3: Worried about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years.
0: Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpel and your golden years, live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com.
2: All right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your Golden Years right here on BlogTalkRadio.com and on DrMaricarPell.com. And I have a few minutes to to speak before our next guest, the jazz saxophonist Paula Atherton, joins us from New York um, to talk about her number one song in um, on. What is it on, on billboard? I'm sorry. I just like slipped my mind. <laughs> um, and so I want to talk a little bit about living a passionate life while we're here in um, isolation. And I think it's it's um, it really goes hand in hand in what, with what Robert was talking about. Um, this is, you know, this is a really difficult time. And I think Robert made a good point that, Um, it's it's easy to say these cliches that we're going to be okay we're going to get through this fine Um, some of us will and some of us really won't it'll be a very difficult time so we need to remember that that not everybody is having an easy time and and will have an easy time when we get back um to whatever we can call normal um but I think it's we can have an easier time getting back to that, um, depending on what we do right now. So um, part of that is, as Robert was talking about, thinking about what's really important to us, what our values are, and um, and and also thinking about, as he mentioned, um, what what value we have. So, I you know I use different words for that but I think it's it's the same idea that um you know with the fact that uh, you know I'm from New York and a lot of my family and friends are in New York which is being hit very hard just like several other places around the country um has really made it extremely crystal clear that The most important thing to me is that everybody that I, you know, care about um, gets through this in a healthy way, that they make it through, whether they catch this virus, um, that they get it mildly and they get through um, back to good health, or that they don't catch it, right? So um, that to me has been the most important thing and you know when this first started I worried about work and I know a lot of people are struggling and and um, many people live paycheck to paycheck and so that is a really big deal to miss several paychecks. Um, If there's some way to get back to uh, having enough money to put food on the table and, um, and stay in, in good health, um, that's really very important as well. The other things that, you know, I tended to worry about and, um, you know, complain about don't seem very important to me anymore. And I, and I bet that a lot of people feel the same way. That maybe, and if you and if you haven't gotten to that point yet, that maybe this is a good time to get to that point. And maybe um, you're lucky; you don't have people in in places where there are a lot of where there's a lot of sickness, and so you're less worried about that. Um, and just feeling really restless and bored in your house, I think it would be really a good time to think about what's really important to you. What if um, this virus moves closer to you, um, what is really important so that when we come out the other side, we have a clearer picture of that, that that's really, um, we, you know, we're relieved, we're happy that we made it through, and yeah, things are going to be a little bit different, but you know what, at least we're safe. Um, so that's really number one. Um, The other part of living a passionate life during this time is finding ways to uh, find our center at this time. You know, it's very easy to get thrown off center. You know, watching the news all day can really do that. Um, And it really Um, can wreak havoc on our nervous system. So if we want to think clearly and be able to find that place of joy and passion, even in this time of, of stress and, um, and concern, um, then we, we need to find our center. And I'm speaking from experience, you know, I've been thrown off centers. You know, I have an elderly mother who lives back in New York and it's, you know, uh, it's, it's a concern, but then it's really important to remember that we can only control, you know, just so much. And um, we need to use every tool that we have ever learned or learn more, more tools to find our center. So it's a good time to do some breathing. I've done a lot of meditating. Um, If you, um, complain that you don't have time to meditate, you normally complain that you don't have time to meditate, well now you do have time to meditate Um, and meditation is really um, pretty simple, it's not easy but it's simple and a lot of people feel that they just can't do it because their mind wanders, well everybody's mind wanders so meditation is just noticing when your mind wanders and Bringing it back to your breath. So focusing on your breathing. Noticing your thoughts. Um, labeling your thoughts. So if you have a thought about, you know, what's happening in the world, just notice that you're thinking about that. Say, tell yourself, I'll think about that later. And bring yourself back to your breathing. Um, doing some doing some. Deep breathing can help you when you start to feel really anxious. So a good way to bring yourself back to center immediately and reset your nervous system would be to take a slow, deep breath in to the count of five, hold it for a second, and then let it out slowly to the count of six. And then if you do that three times, that can really help you to – reset your nervous system and then use this time to pick bring out that paint and uh, paint brushes and the easel and the canvas that you've had stored away for that rainy day when you wanted to start painting again or bring out that musical instrument that you have put aside because you've been too busy work play or um, read some of the good books that you have on your shelf that you complain that you never have time to read or research some areas of that you're interested in maybe pursuing once things get back to semi-normal and you can get out and check those things out. Um, Think about what you want to do with your life when this is, when this is over that maybe you want to make a change. Um, you know, this can be a really great time to focus on the what your passion is. Um, use this time and and be very forgiving for yourself when you're feeling really tired from the stress. Get sleep. Relax. Spend time outside. Spend time in nature. Don't be hard on yourself. And you know, that will make it easier to get through this, um, get to the other side in a much smoother way and and ready to get back to whatever we need to do. It will help us to be more resilient. And that's really a big part of getting through this is learning to be resilient. So on that note, we're going to go to our next guest because, um, she's very passionate about her music and that's another that's another thing that we can do is listen to some music that we enjoy. So we're gonna play. Uh-huh. Right, and we were just listening to the great music of Paula Atherton, who's joining us now on the phone from New York City. Welcome, Paula. Hey, Mara, how are you? I'm okay. How are you there up in New York? <laughs> well,
5: we're, uh, we're kind of sheltering in place as we're supposed to, right? Yes, um, So we're we are here, to. too. <laughs> yeah, well. You don't have much of a choice these days, right?
2: No, no. I know it's a little exciting up there in New York right now with everything that's going on. Yeah, you mean uh, what's going on
5: Like because we're the epicenter here?
2: Yes. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we are, but you know what? Our governor uh, came on TV today and uh, told us some good news. He said uh, that there were two to three hundred people uh, that were getting admitted to the hospital per day to hospitals mm-hmm. in general, and that's down to seventy.
2: Wow. And, uh,
5: yeah, and and we we've been trying to flatten the curve here, you know. So we were waiting; the apex was supposed to be this week, and he said it really kind of turned into a plateau. It's like flattening out now, so that's really good news. And that's um,
2: excellent news.
5: Yeah, so you know everybody's yeah. been doing what they're supposed to do, you know, and all that, uh, and hoping for the best. I don't know how we got here, really, but uh,
2: yeah, yeah,
5: you know, <laughs> be over, you know, as soon as possible. Everybody does, right? You know, want it to be safe to go out and all that too. You yes, know? exactly.
2: So, so what are you what are you up to um, now that you're stuck you're stuck at home? Are you are you working on anything or just relaxing? Uh, I'm working on finishing my sixth release. Hmm.
5: Um, yeah. Usually when I pick the first single, the whole record's done, and then I figure out which song's going to be a single. This was the opposite. I didn't have it done, but I, I had already decided that that was the first single. What you just played? Uh, Can you feel it? So um, uh-huh. I, I need to finish the last three songs, and uh, that's what we've been working on, trying to get that done.
2: Great. And and so I understand that this song that we just played, can you feel it hit? did that is this the one that hit number one on Billboard?
5: It hit number one on Media Base, number one on the Smooth Jazz
2: Network, and currently it's number two on Billboard.
5: It's been number two on Billboard for three weeks.
2: Great. Congratulations! Thank you. It's very exciting to have
5: my uh, first top five on Billboard.
2: <laughs> very mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah, that is very exciting. Wow. So, um, so I know with things sort of up in the air here with everything that's going on. Um, when do you think your your record will be will be released? Well,
5: you know, I'm shooting for. I was shooting for May, but now it's looking like um, probably June. I think you know everything will be done and 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 ready to go by then. Uh huh. Um, so I think I think that's probably a pretty good projection. At this point, in a way, it almost doesn't matter when I release it. <laughs> uh huh. But. Um, because I have no shows to go out and, like, sell it at. I mean, it it will be available online, but, you know, I had some really nice um, performances, some really nice concerts booked, and, of course, they all got canceled. I'm hoping that uh, I'll be able to get it back out on the road by July, you know?
2: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Well, you sent another song so we're going to play that. It's Without You. Can you can you talk about uh-huh. that? Yeah, that's
5: a little bit different end of the spectrum from uh, the last thing you heard. Uh, it's kind of like a love song, and it's from Ear Candy, my, my fourth release on Kalimba music. And um, it's just kind of like talking to uh, your significant other and just um, – just telling them how much they mean to you.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So
5: kind of days, right?
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so hang on the line. We're gonna we're gonna play a little bit of that song, and we'll come back to talk for a few minutes more. Okay. Yep. All right. <coughs> Bola Without you. Beautiful. Beautiful song. Thank you. Thank you so much. And and certainly helps us to get into a calmer mood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's
5: a little difficult these days. I I was listening to uh when I was in the queue and um you're giving some really good suggestions on uh, to people on on how to deal with uh, the situation. Mhm. Mhm.
2: Yeah. You know, it's, we have to acknowledge that there's there's going to be stress. You know, and find and find the tools to be able to cope with it. It makes
5: you real tired, like you were saying. It sure does.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I, I think. There's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of good articles about all the things that you can do during this time, but I think people can overdo that. <laughs> Sometimes you have to take a break and just relax. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You know, watch a movie or something. Absolutely. Mhm, mhm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So Paula, thank you so much for being on the program again. Um, I want to let listeners know how they can find your music and find out when you are dropping the next CD. What would be sure. the best way for that?
5: Um, well, let's see. Um, they can definitely look on my website, which is PaulaAtherton.com. Stay can touch mm-hmm. with me on Facebook or uh Instagram um Paula Atherton Music is is my handle on Instagram and on Twitter I'm Patterson1 and um mm-hmm. LinkedIn also and uh you know my music will be on uh, Amazon and iTunes so in, anywhere you usually look around to buy music I'll I'll be on there so.
2: Okay okay right and and how many how many albums do you have out now? Uh five, that'll be six. Wow. Okay. So even before you release the next C D people can can download a bunch of your music. They sure can good, or
5: they can go to They
2: could go to uh
5: Pandora and listen to my channel. Oh, yeah, great.
2: Yeah congratulations, you have a Pandora channel. <laughs> I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna download that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Paula, it's always a pleasure to speak with you, and um, I hope the next time we speak, you're out on tour, and you can let us know where you're playing.
5: Oh, that would be great. I'd love to see you, and uh, just want to wish everybody listening a happy Passover, happy Easter, whatever you celebrate. And, uh, you know, just hang in there. We'll we'll get through this somehow. And it's going to be great on the other side. When we finally get to be together again, it's going to be great.
2: Right. we'll we'll really appreciate it. (laughs) You bet. (laughs) So you stay safe, stay well, and we'll speak to you soon.
5: You too. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks again for
2: having me. All right. Okay. 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 Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. All right, so we've come to the end of another show, and if you've noticed, we this show has been only an hour, um, it's a reduced time. We are now going to an hour format to get ready to have it on a national platform. Most of the time, it's an hour, so that's how it'll be from now on. And we'll be back next Sunday with another live show, and we'll be joined. From Austin, Texas, by musician, author, yoga, meditation teacher, and interfaith minister, Reverend Good John Bergman. And he'll be talking about finding peace in the eye of the storm during the time of a pandemic, as well as avoiding the urge to deny the reality of the storm and why it's important not to deny it, how that helps us to find more peace and more. We always have more. And if you want to hear tonight's program again and get the information from this show, get the website links that my guests talk about, and all of the other information, go to my website, drmaricorpel.com, and for future events, upcoming shows and events, go to my Facebook page, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years. And you can listen to this evening's program in as soon as five minutes from now by going directly to blogtalkradio.com slash your golden Years, or go to Apple Podcasts. And this show was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist Dr. Ronald DeVere and by Storyhouse. And special thanks to my guests, Robert McPhee and Paula Atherton. And of course, thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring week. And remember, youth has no age. Good night everyone and stay safe.
3: Guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show.
5: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.